you thought that Boston College football's class of 2024 was complete. Jeff Affle even said it was. But guess what, folks? It isn't. I'll explain why in a moment. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone. Welcome. This is Locked On Boston College. I'm your host, AJ Black. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get yourself started. So this is going to be a football-heavy episode. If you're listening live, I know the basketball game is going on, but I have to record. I can't stay up late tonight. I have an early meeting in the morning, so I apologize. But there's such important news that we need to get into right this moment. Because just just before I started recording, I had to actually edit this all out. BC landed a commitment. Not a transfer, but a class of 2024 recruit. Now, why is this surprising? Well, if you listen to the National Signing Day press conference from Jeff Halfley, he basically said the class of 24 was done. So... When you see that someone committed, you're like, huh, that's surprising. And if you follow me on Twitter, you saw the wire GIF, which usually you guys know means someone's committed. And I was told he was going to commit tomorrow and he committed tonight. (laughs) Things change. But the name of the player is Omar Thornton. And I know I botched it. I should have used an Omar from wire GIF. I, I totally screwed that up. But Omar Thornton is a safety from Heritage Plant, Heritage, um, Heritage, excuse me, Florida. And he, America Heritage, and he plays linebacker slash safety. So he's going to be a kind of safety that you see with like Jaden Woodby. I think of him a lot. You know, he's six foot, so he's not huge. He's not going to be um, a, a pure linebacker, but he'll be a guy that you can put at safety, have him line up in the box um, and go back into coverage. In his senior season in at, at a good school, he had 42 tackles, eight eight sacks, 14 tackles for a loss, and a pair of interceptions. Uh, his program is obviously a very good program down in Florida. Uh, he had offers from Louisiana, Monroe, and Jacksonville State. So, yeah, I know you guys are hearing that offer list and going, huh, why? Just think of it this way. Jeff Halfley, you know, he basically, as he said, was done with recruiting. But when you see the kids tape, and I, and I, and I, and I encourage you, go out there and find Omar Thornton's huddle tape you'll see why they went after him his his tape is fun big hits he's flying all over the place um he's just a he's he's violent he's everything that jeff halfley would want in a defender so i'm guessing one of his recruiting analysts saw the tapes put it on his desk and then they just changed their mind they had an extra spot available and they went for it i can't i can't hate him for that i you know if this is a kid that they like so much and believe me when they told me that he was coming to visit, he visited Boston College last weekend on an official visit, bringing a kid from Florida up during that crappy weather was, um, and being able to still pull him in is a, a testament to what the coaching staff can do, right? But you look at what he he did. He quickly turned around and committed. I heard right after I talked to him, he was like, "Yeah, you know, I'm going to make a decision this week." And once when, when a kid you know visits and commits pretty shortly after, that's not a surprise. So it went really well. This is the 12th, uh, sorry, 13th true freshman that they're bringing in. They have 10 transfers right now. Uh, and that 
those numbers I don't think will change before spring ball. I think the class of 24, which he's still a verbal commit, right? So he's not signed yet. He will sign on February 7th. That's the next signing day period. So right now he's just a verbal commit. But I think this group is done because I know that they're not having any more visitors coming up this next couple of weeks because I, you know, I guess a lot of folks don't want to come up to Boston in the middle of January to show off kids from like Georgia and Florida, what, what it's like up here. Um, but you, I, I think that'll be done. And I know recruiting at transfer portal is done too, uh, because classes have started. You can't get the kids on campus. I mean, uh, to, into on, on the roster now because cl- uh, admissions wants them in classes. So if they've already missed two weeks of classes, they're not going to let them in. Um, so they're going to have to wait until after spring practice. So Thornton's a flyer, totally fine. You get him from a good program. He's from Florida, uh, fun tape, you know, th- it's a nice end of the class, uh, guy. He's not a, a huge impact guy right away, but you never know. BC gets guys sometimes later in, in, in the cycle that end up being okay. Look at Max Tucker. You know, I know I was tough on him at, at the beginning of the year. He was only a true freshman, but by the end. He was looking good, and he was someone Jeff Halfley got right, like, I think the day of National Signing Day. He was a very, very late commitment. So good players that become role players or starters can still come late. And, and you know, we've we've seen here at Boston College many stories where there's a kid that has no offer sheet and ends up being very good. So I'm not going to write this kid off just because he doesn't have a few. He's from a good school. Maybe he will be picked up, but we'll we'll have to wait and see. Let's give the kid a chance and see what happens there. In our second segment, I want to go over some of the comments Thomas Castellanos made on Bug Jones and Jalen Cheek's podcast or YouTube video. I don't know what you want to call it. Uh, He he gave some of his predictions of what he's going to do next season. And I want to get into what he said and why I think some of them are some good goals and, and reasonable goals, and some are a little bit um, generous. We'll get into what that is and why in just a moment. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. With the NFL playoffs in full swing, there's big games this weekend between the Lions and the 49ers and the Chiefs and Ravens. Are you, do you have a real hunch on one of these teams? you think Mahomes is really the destiny of, of the NFL to be the next GOAT? Is he going to knock off the Ravens and you feel confident? You can find the over-under, the lines, the money line, what you think Mahomes is going to do. Like if he's going to throw, I think it was last week, it was 270 yards, over-under. You could pick that. You can make it all into a parlay. If you feel super confident, do that. Those are fun, and they're super easy to use on FanDuel. So make sure to head on over to FanDuel and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup with FanDuel, the official sports partner of the NFL. This is Locked On BC. I am your host, AJ Black. And this is going to be kind of just like a fun little segment here because I was listening to, I follow along Bug Jones on Instagram and he has a new podcast or, or YouTube channel where it's him and Jalen Cheek, who's a, it's a Bug Jones as a safety. Um, Jalen Cheek is a cornerback and they're, you know, they're both defensive backs and they put together their own like podcast. And 
it, they just a lot of it's them just kind of shooting the shooting the breeze, talking about stuff. They've had guys on. I mean, it's worth watching because some they they had Bryce Steele on a couple weeks ago, and that was an interesting discussion. And they also had Thomas Castellanos on this week. Castellanos showed up, and it be old school BC fans are gonna love this. He showed up in a Doug Flutie jersey, um, which was great. Uh, and they asked him what his goals were for the season. Now, he kind of had um, he kind of couched some of it, but he said he wants to throw for three thirty five hundred to four thousand yards with forty touchdowns, and he wants to win the Heisman or runner up to the Heisman. So he kind of was like both. I mean, which both we can kind of talk about that. So, is it reasonable? And you know, obviously, he's gonna when you talk to a player. When you ask them that question, a lot of times their goals are very, um, they're, they're, they're high. Athletes have high, high expectations, and these guys want to get to the next level. That's what they're going to want to do. I remember I asked Zay Flowers a couple of years ago what his goal was, and his was to win the Bolitnikov. And I forget which player I asked, but their goal, I asked them when they came in what their goal was, and there was to win the ACC. And they, I'm, I, this player I know is gone. Uh, definitely did not BC did not win the ACC, but that's that's kind of how they look at things. So, looking at what Thomas Castellanos did as his first year as a starting passer at quarterback, he threw for twenty two hundred and forty eight yards. So he wants thirty five hundred to four thousand yards. Could he increase his 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 yards passing by thirteen hundred to fifteen hundred yards? Honestly, looking at what he did, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility because you look at what he, uh, you look at what he did before Ryan O'Keefe went down to what he did after Ryan O'Keefe went down. And it's a drastic difference in terms of what he was able to throw. Uh, he, you know, he under with O'Keefe there, he threw four. 138 yards against Northern Illinois, but that doesn't really count. 201 against Holy Cross, 305 against um, Florida State, 265 against Louisville. Then he goes down. So 183 against Louisville, uh, Virginia. Army was a complete wash with 51 yards and then 255 yards against Georgia Tech. And then after that, it was like 151, 165. So it just got, it went down tremendously since then. So they went much more into a, um, as you guys all watched, it was much more of an impactful running game since then. So in order for him to get those numbers and he could, I mean, looking at those numbers, he only has to get 1300 yards and half of the season he played. They basically kind of went away from the pass game. If they, if they, you know, they brought in Jalen Bradley, they brought in Jaden McGowan and Kamario Morales, and they've got the guys coming back that they have coming back. Could he add that amount of, mo- amount of yards? I absolutely think that's not out of the realm of possibility. Now, the the flip side of that is that BC plays a much harder schedule this year. Thomas Castellanos got eased in because he played a lot of bad teams, right? Next year, he gets Michigan State, Missouri, Western Kentucky, uh, Florida State, UNC. So he's got some tough schools on there. He's going to have to play really, really well to do that. And 40 touchdowns, he didn't say specifically if it was passing touchdowns or total touchdowns. I mean, total touchdowns, he had 15 passing last year and 13 uh, rushing. So 40, 
could he add another 12? I think that's not that out of that realm of possibility. If he really gets the offense humming, that shouldn't be that hard. 40 passing touchdowns, I think, is a little bit um a little generous. But I, I look at his goals and I and I think, okay, so that's okay. How about the Heisman? So I saw on FanDuel they released Heisman odds for all the for all the big names. And he was on there, but I want to say he was one out of, you know, it was like a one in 50,000 chance. So like, I mean, if you went in and made a bet, you could, and he wins, you would get a a, a really good payout, but that would have to happen. I mean, obviously when you talk about the Heisman, it's having a great season and also having a good team. Does BC have a good enough team that could elevate Thomas Castellanos to the Heisman next year? I don't think so. I mean, I love, I'm excited about what they could do and maybe they could stun some people, but are they good enough that they could elevate? And is he good enough to elevate this team to be a Heisman candidate? I don't think he's there yet. And I don't see him improving enough to get himself into the Heisman conversation. I just, that's just, I mean, it's great that he thinks that and that, that confidence and that, that drive is what you want in your quarterback. Um, and you want to hear your quarterback say that you don't want to hear your quarterback say, I just want to be a game manager that wants to go out and do the best that I can. No, you want a quarterback that has some swagger that thinks that they're going to be going out there to win and do the best that, you know, the biggest things that they can do as the leader of their team. And I like that Castellanos is doing that for his program. Now, what I'd love to see, I would, I'd like to see as well that his rushing total doesn't change. Because I want to see his passing total go up. I don't want to see it go. I don't want to see his rushing total become everything for this program, for his offense. If this offense is struggling, it's going to have to be Castellanos and Kai Robichaux that do everything. If he can throw the ball and get those numbers up, then man, that means that the offense is working. And that's what you want to see. You don't want to see Kai um, Thomas Castellanos rushing for 1300 yards next year. That would be a great number. And yeah, that would break records, but you don't want to have him risking his body out there. You don't want to have to go to Grayson James or um, uh, Jacoby Robinson because he gets hurt. So passing yards and his goal of getting his passing yards is good for the program as well, because you want to have him stay healthy for 12 games. He did it this year. He looked banged up. We all think he looked pretty banged up by the end of that season. And he looked like, you know, he took a couple big hits there. But he, he's going to need to be healthy again. So throwing the ball will be so much more important for him next year. Now, in our final segment, the ACC released their second batch of scheduling uh, scheduling for the upcoming 2024 season. I'll give you the updates and what I think about each of them in just a moment. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. On tomorrow's show, we're going to, depending on the outcome of this game, if BC uh, continues to poop the bed against Virginia Tech, we'll have Mitch on and we'll talk about the football schedule. If they come back and win, we'll probably have Beacon Street Ball on to talk about um, the the win if they win. You guys don't really listen (laughs) whenever they lose. So, well, it depends on what happens. The ACC football schedule continues to come out in drips and drabs as they continue their serialized release of the schedule. And 
I don't know. I'm not the biggest fan of it. It's been fun, I guess. But on on Monday, we found out that they're going to start the season off against Florida State. We all knew that was going to happen. It's a Monday night game on Labor Day. So keep your schedules clear. And maybe you can get one of those screens out in the backyard and doing your barbecue on Labor Day. You can get out there and uh, watch the game on Monday night. But on Tuesday, they released their specialty games is what they called it. And they're special because they're the games that you just don't want to play. <laughs> so Boston College got it's the games that they're going to play on Thursdays and Fridays. And as a school like BC, you know, they're going to get multiple ones. And they did last this year. They had three. La, I mean, last year they had three. So they had Pitt, Syracuse and Miami. All of basically November were just weird games. This year, they only get two. And they come back to back again, and they're coming in October. And that is games against Virginia Tech on a Thursday. Hey, flashback to Thursdays in Virginia Tech on in October, right? Is that giving you 2007 vibes right there? And then they're hosting Louisville on a Friday on October 25th. So the end of October is going to be filled with weird weekday games. I guess that's pretty cool. So now you know a good chunk of your schedule. You now know that in uh, September, you have your opener against Florida State, and you, you're going to have a tough one there. But it doesn't get much easier because after Florida State, you play right away. Um, you're going to have a uh, you have an open schedule date, so you could probably fill that with an FCS school. Then you're going to go at Missouri. So you go away, probably home, away against two top 25 teams. Then you return home against Michigan State and they're, you know, they get their new head coach um, from Oregon. I think it's Joseph, Joseph, Smith, Jonathan Smith, Jonathan Smith and what he's done there. You know, they've got Adrian Childs, their quarterback. They've got some good. They've done a nice job of rebuilding that program fast. Then you go straight away to WKU. You play Western Kentucky at home. So you got Michigan State and Western Kentucky at home. Then that's when things get a little bit confusing for a little while. Then it's at. Then you get the two weekday games and then everything else is going to be up in the air. We'll find that out tomorrow. Um, I don't like weekday games. I hate Thursday night games. Um, as someone who works, it's um, they're painful. And especially when they're away, <laughs> um, I know you guys like them. Friday night games are fun. Those are fun. And hopefully Louisville will be a good team. Now, both of these games are against teams that beat the snot out of BC last year. Virginia Tech and Louisville, I think, double both teams, I think, doubled up BC uh, in their matchups. So that that's an interesting little side note there as well. Now, looking at the basketball game, BC's only down by a couple points. So that's interesting as well. Now, the schedule will be finalized tomorrow. You'll get the rest of the um, where BC um, it will have their games. We'll break it all down on the show. You'll get all of the details of what's happening when. Uh, our thoughts, where the tough stretches look, where the easy stretches, and with this schedule, it looks really tough. And can Jeff Halfley and his squad handle it? We'll talk all about that on tomorrow's show. Now, we're going to wrap things up here. And later this week, we're going to have BC Hockey Blogger on. And hopefully, we're going to have BU Hockey Blogger on as well. BC BU Hockey Blog. Um, to talk about the number one Boston College Eagles versus the number, uh, sorry, but what, sorry, who, number one BU Terriers versus the number two BC Eagles in their home and home in the Battle of Calm Ave. That's an episode you're not going to want to miss. 
Follow me along along with me at AJBlack247 and follow along on the site at LockdownBC on Twitter. Follow and get on Eagle Insider right now. Become a subscriber. I think you'll enjoy all the work. We had everything about Omar Thornton. All of our subscribers knew all about that and who this kid is, and we have reports and all sorts of good stuff up there right now. Thank you all so much for listening. For everydayers, you are the lifeblood of this podcast. So thank you so much for all of you who decide to spend time listening to Locked On Boston College. Love it each. Appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you all so much. This is Locked On Boston College, your team every day.